This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we've got a really exciting episode. We're going to talk a lot about agates. We're going to talk about agate formations, different types of agates. We're going to talk about a huge, huge diamond that was discovered here in the U.S. in Arkansas, um, second biggest ever. We're going to talk about where you can dig for amethyst, a uh, nice, nice area. We'll talk real briefly about some beautiful cherry red tourmaline. Uh, some human interest, uh, also some fossils, a new species that was discovered, um, some interesting stuff found that uh, you'll want to find out about a giant marine lizard. Um, we're also going to find about talk a little bit about some asteroids and MRIs for finding minerals, rocks, and everything else, and a few other little things. But before we get into it, guys, uh, I'm going to be going on vacation for about a week. I'm going to head on up to Idaho, take care of a few things up there at my property, and uh, I may not be getting so many podcasts out there, so please go through some of the ones from the past. There were much timeless information that is in them. Very little dated information in any one episode. All the information is pretty timeless, so go back and check those out. Also, um, come join us on Parlor. Uh, this new app uh, known as a free speech app uh, you just look us up at hashtag radical rocks also you can go to radical rocks i will leave that in the description all our links are at the bottom of every single one of our educational blogs we've got a great community on all sorts of different formats we've put up a lot of videos on our latest field trip out to Lavik. beautiful jaspers out there unbelievable blow your mind stuff also some real nice ones from the caddy mountains as well so check those out if you haven't and um, let's get right into it because we have a ton of information um, and great educational stuff to share with you so one of the first things let's see here this uh, is a mastodon that was discovered inside a gold mine so imagine that here you are gold mining and uh, you're in Colombia here and all of a sudden you come upon these bones, these dinosaur bones. This is dated September 24th, uh, CNN.com, and uh, it's by they're quoting Reuters, so they're there's got the story from somewhere else. But there's some pictures here, and they found quite a few fossil remains in Colombia while they were digging in this gold mine. Now they've found these species before around this area, but while working a tunnel, uh, here it is. They came across these bones. So pretty unusual. You want to read more about that? Just look that up. Mastodon fossils discovered in Columbia gold mine. All right, next. Um, interesting geological students have been able to do some hands-on learning from home. I always try to give a shout out to rock clubs and um, organizations that are keeping rock hounding alive, keeping geology alive, and it's at www.yourvalley.net. Um, it says GCC geology students maintain hands-on learning even from home, and what's happening is they're actually sending rocks. They got a truckload of rocks. Um, this is in Glendale Community College, um, and they're going out and um, imagine this is in Arizona, Glendale, they are bringing this big truckload of rocks and th stuff to over 200 students so they can do Zoom calls and actually work on these rocks and identify them and uh, do their studies and have this hands-on experience because they're not able to get out in the field. Um, check that out if you're interested in that. 
Now, have you ever heard of a blue hole? This is kind of interesting. In uh, Telangana Today, it's T-E-L-A-N-G-A-N-A Today, uh, Saturday 26th, and, and just type that in .com and you'll get there. It says, are blue holes safe for divers? And what I thought was interesting about this article was uh, they show a picture of it. It's this beautiful, enticing, to divers anyway, blue hole. And actually what it is, is it's a cave. So they found this. It's outside of Belize. They're all over, everywhere. And as they go down in there, they're finding corals and turtles and sharks. But as they go in deeper, it becomes lifeless. About 90 meters down, there's a toxic hydrogen sulfite that covers the whole thing. And um, But as they go beyond that, 120 meters, they come across things that are very unexpected. They found stalactites. So this is giving them evidence that this cave was once above ground. Now, inside these caves, they've found some new species of uh, dinosaurs and things like that. Sometimes even human remains and other ancient history has been found in these caves. Um, so it's pretty cool. It is dangerous, though. 130 um, divers have lost their life in the Dahab Blue Hole over the last 12 years, which is a popular uh, diving spot um, out by the, uh, it's in the Red Sea, very beautiful, probably the most deadly site, but um, really interesting some of these things that they're finding down in there. You never know where you're going to make a discovery. All right, next, I want to talk about the Jaws of Death. The Jaws of Death are about this giant prehistoric marine lizard. It was dated September 23rd. Um, it came out of Utah State University in ScienceDaily.com if you want to read more about it. But this giant lizard they found before, um, they found them all over America. Um, they found them in Utah. They found them all across kind of the middle of the country there. And these things were monstrous. And the Greek name that they gave it, this new name, um, let's see if it's here. They rename it. It means Jaws of Death, and it's Latin is what it is. And uh, so if you want to find out more about this giant dinosaur, uh, you can actually go and see it. I'm trying to find out here where it was. It says, uh, what sets this animal apart from other monosaurus is the feature of the quadrate, a bone in the jaw joint that also forms a portion of the ear canal said uh, the scientist lively who returned the fossils colorado discover returned to the fossils colorado discovery site to determine the age of the intro rock in which the specimen was preserved and then somewhere here they were saying that they swam the seas of colorado uh, you know of course millions of years ago and um it okay you can view this Gnominorus Big Bite at the BYU Museum of Paleontology in Utah. They have a cast of the, sk of the skull there and also um, a reconstructed skeleton are, is also on display at the John Wesley Powell River History Museum in Green River, Utah. So, it's pretty impressive. Next, let's talk about building environmentally friendly electrical cars from rocks from rocks that are found deep in the sea so i don't know if you're familiar with the whole green initiative but um, there's a lot of push here in california they just announced that in uh, 15 years they're going to do away with all gasoline engines and uh, go to pure electric but a lot of people don't realize that electric actually creates more pollution 
um, than the gas in many cases when you take into account all the mining because um, the metals are, are a lot more demanding to actually make the car and um, also you know the batteries are very you know environmental issue to deal with and the green forms of energy such as solar and wind there's a lot of mining that goes into making that stuff and also the waste that's left over is quite hazardous and hard to deal with especially on these windmills but with this mining in the sea here, the um, pollution can be reduced by 70%, they say, by mining these rare earths from the sea bottoms in these areas that they found it. Um, they claim it would have a lot less impact on the climate based on this new type of mining. Uh, it, it would reduce uh, CO2s by 70 to 75% and stored carbon risk by 95% and disruption of carbon sequestering services by 88%. So, um, yeah, I guess that, that could be a good thing if those numbers are valid. So something to look into for sure. I want to talk about the giant diamond. Now, when I saw this, it just blew me away because it's been story after story from the crater of the Diamond State Park. You can read this at tkktoday.com. And uh, that is t, excuse me, txk today.com and uh, it's a press release dated September 23rd and it says visitor finds nine carat diamond at crater of the diamond state park and it got a picture of it here it looks like it's almost metallic um, it's sitting next to a quarter and it looks like uh, it's probably about the size of a dime uh, around it's not as big around as the uh, quarter but this guy goes to the park 33-year-old 30, Kevin Kennard goes to the park. He's a branch manager from Arkansas, and he wanted to visit the state park. And they it had had a lot of rain, and uh, they had, I guess they plow it every so often or whatever. They, they do something to disrupt the soil a little bit, and then it rained right after that. And he was walking around, he saw something shiny, he thought it was a piece of a glass. So he threw it in his pocket, and he kind of almost forgot about it. But when his friends were saying, oh, yeah, you know, this is what we found. That's what we found because you're supposed to kind of report that. He went ahead and showed them. And, of course, they identified it and measured it for him. And it was documented. And uh, I think he might just be a rich man. Uh, they got a picture of him there. He's got the little card, you know, certifying what he has there. Very impressive. It is the second biggest diamond found there since 1972. So really a phenomenal kind of a uh, brown uh, champagne um, brown but it is really a beautiful um, he found it on August the 20th so that's what it says here um, yeah sun was out blah 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 very nice all right next um, little quick human interest at the Tribune uh, it's tribtown.com written on the 23rd it is a staff report they just talk about the brownstone library receiving a grant from a, a rock club and uh, of course they're giving the money to help advance the study of geology earth science and study lapidary arts and things like that so um, pretty nice that some of our lapidary and rock groups are doing well enough to contribute to these groups. The program was sponsored by the Lawrence County Rock Club Incorporated. So there you go. Um, okay, how would you like to go mine some amethyst? Okay, uh, you go to www.narcity.com 
and uh, this was written three days ago and it, it says uh, you can hunt for sparkling ameth at this secret Ontario mine so it's in Ontario California they have a picture of a purple uh, amethyst here that is a beautiful dark um, very purplish purple um, amethyst here and they will allow you to mine there you get it can get a, a two gallon bucket full of gems for $25 is what it says uh, they have a rock shop there if you want to um, do whatever you can have a picnic there they have pictures of it here on the website um, they've got some pictures of some looks like uh, kind of specialized pieces that are kind of a burst you know almost looks like a stalactite piece there that's really cool um, there's a picture of a young lady here with a big bucket of some beautiful purple amethyst. She's got all different types there. So uh, you might want to go through and check that out. It is, let's see if they give the name here. What do they call it? Uh, da, 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 Diamond Willow Amethyst Mine. The Diamond Willow Amethyst Mine. And you can, actually they have a link here. You can click on that and do more research on the Diamond Willow Amethyst Mine in Ontario. Canada. Um, what do you think about an asteroid being hit by an asteroid? That's what scientists have found. You can check this out at https semicolon backslash backslash futurism.com. Um, this was written by Victor Tangerman on September 21st. It says astronomers astronomers spot bits of entirely different asteroid on the surface of Binu. It's B-E-N-N-U. This is the name of this asteroid. Now, NASA plans to land a spacecraft on this and take samples. Uh, um, gee, I thought I knew the name of this. Um, Os Osiris. Osiris Rex. R-E-X. Uh, it is spotted these and they're brightly colored they're white um, because of the makeup of this asteroid they're saying that there it was a low temperature asteroid with water and these pieces that are on it are definitely from a hot source and identified with another asteroid um, another type of asteroid that uh has lightly colored rocks and that it hit it and it's embedded in there um, on the one side several pieces now this asteroid this Binu is a near-earth asteroid uh, it is nearly 500 meters across and in October the um, the uh, o Osiris Rex will attempt to plunge toward the asteroid surface and collect a sample so this is pretty impressive um, they found six boulders ranging from 5 to 14 feet um, which about you know one and a half to 4.3 meters scattered all across the southern hemisphere near the equator of the of this giant um, asteroid they've got a video here if you want to check it out um, but this is a very unusual um, discovery and they have discovered it once before in China they do believe they found um, an asteroid that did have um, other bits of asteroids on it um, from the vestige. Um, the vestige was these white pieces that were embedded in this darker um, meteorite. Now how would you like to uh, prospect from an MRI unit? That is what is happening right now. There is a huge project if you go to usgs.gov um, and you look up um, 
Earth MRI Fund's Critical Minerals Project in 21 States. You will read the article that was written on September the 21st in depth about 21 states receiving a huge grant um, over seven almost eight million dollars and they have some maps already here you can see that they have mapped out um, areas that are possibly high in uh, rare earths and also in minerals so uh, check that out if you want to find out more about it it's pretty cool there's a lot of different maps here if you want to go another level on that type of stuff now here's another kind of human interest before we get into our keynote addresses. Uh, fossil was found by a young boy. This is in uh, mirror.co.uk on the Mirror magazine. Um, it says fossil found by a young boy turns out to be the remains of a new species of giant sloth bear. So this bear stood over three meters tall and weighed four tons and they say that this uh, finding could rewrite um, the history of the American content. Now I did take out a couple little facts here. Let's see, where was it? So I wouldn't have to read the whole article. Um, yeah, it's a giant sloth bear and it was found in Costa Rica. Um, but this boy um, was actually from America and they're thinking that if it was here because of other ones that have been scattered across all the way through uh, North America and South America, these giant sloths, that maybe this could be, uh, they might find more of these all over the place. So they have uh, a lengthy article on that if you want to find out more. They found quite a few fossils uh, pieces, so it is substantial and um, pretty impressive. So check that out if you are interested in fossils. Now the rubellite tourmaline is a natural cherry vivid red rain uh, red gemstone a tourmaline beautiful by Star Lenka at excellent uh, rates featuring refined cuts and beautiful polish. The article is in the digitaljournal.com um, this is their press release. Now um, they don't tell a whole lot about the gemstone, but uh, they say that this is a very preferred type of tourmaline. And uh, people who like rubies and things like that, you know, this is actually a little bit more expensive than than uh, rubies. And they're saying that this gemstone is referred to as red burl. But I think it's harder than that because tourmaline is about 9 on the hardness scale and I believe burl is only maybe 7, 6 or 7 or somewhere around that. I don't have the scale with me, but it's not as hard. And uh, they said this is an excellent alternative for rubies and they are finding it uh, and making it into these beautiful gemstones. You can see pictures here. Uh, it is a real nice uh, cherry red gemstone. Now let's get into our keynote address. Um, one source uh, that we looked into was rockingym.com, and uh, they send out emails if you if you subscribe to them and you get emails. It's called Agate Origins and Formations, uh, written on September the 24th. They have a beautiful picture of a banded agate with uh, a couple neat uh, bullseye type uh, um, formations that are in it. Uh, it's also credited to Bob Jones down here a little bit further. And uh, they talk about the history of agates. Now, we're not going to go into that. Um, you can read on that if you want. But 
throughout the beginning of time, um, these agates, some of them that had eyes, were considered to have, you know, mystical powers and protective powers. Uh, soldiers in Rome would want to carry these, and different people. It goes all the way back to Bible days and so on. Um, different beliefs about the gods, and uh, all the way in Germany, um, many, many countries have uh, grasped and uh, believed that they were the first ones to, you know, kind of love agates, these banded agates in particular. Now there's a lot of theories about the formation of these banded agates, which is primarily what the article in Rock and Gym magazine is talking about. Um, they know that uh, these came from volcanic sources at some 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, and nobody really knows exactly what kind of pressures, but they have some estimates. They find other agates in sedimentary rocks that have never been above uh, ambient temperatures, there's no wonder there's so much disagreement on how these agates form. So some of the theories are, um, well, you, uh, they talk about the different kinds of agates, which we'll talk about later, but um, some of the theories are that uh, that flowed in there, and uh, layer by layer it flowed. And that, it could be, you know, it could be that some did do that, and, and we do know that there's caves and um, crevices and things that were filled in because you can just see how it how it's uh how it's layered in there that it did come in afterwards um or at least it appears that way but when you look at an agate and you see the banding a lot of times there's one spot where you'll see the banding kind of go out as if there's like a little funnel like there was a little hole that was in there but and, and a lot of people have explained that that's how it fills and that's how the banding is. And that could be the case in some cases, but that doesn't explain the agates that have bandings that are complete and, and whole. Like, how could they have just be suspended in nothing? You know, you know? Uh, it could be that one material just happened to settle out at that time that it was cooling, but that's one theory. Um, one theor uh, another theory... Uh, is based on Sonora agates of the multicolor agates um, is that the ones in Sonora Desert are the finest and most colorful agates found anywhere. And it could be um, one theory says that forces from outside actually pushed on the agate and forced um, pressure forced those shapes to form from the, in, from the uh, inside out um, as it were. Now Here's another one, uh, theorizes that Mexican agates started as gas cavities in volcanic rock which were later invaded by mineral-rich waters from nearby hot springs. These waters carried the necessary silica as well as melted ions for color. Keller related the banding to fluctuating wet-dry seasons common in the desert. As the hot springs surged forth, the waters would slowly infuse into the open cavities in the lava forming a sequence of colored bands. Another group of theories suggest that everything was present in the lava's cavity. The silica gel and the impurities and the agate then formed internally from all the present material. Um, a theory like this was offered by Charles Schaub, Schwab, a noted collector from East Coast. And it says, um, simply stated, he proposed that the hot molten lava was moving along small globs of silica when gel would slowly gather together to form a larger sphere of silica gel which was then locked in place as the lava cooled. And this process meant that the silica gel formed its own cavity 
and the banding was then formed as the temperatures in the gelatous mass slowly dropped and band after band developed with each temperature color each temperature change rather and the colors were due to minerals like salt and iron oxide which crystallized as temperatures vary during cooling and each of these theories doesn't explain everything even with today's leading theories now they go on to several other um, theories and they talk about what we talked about um, the features of the agates which is either an entrance or an escape channel many banded agates have distorted banding that curves away from the normal linear pattern and extends to the agates outer rind this development this development is cited as proof the material entered the cavity to form the agate later hardening leaving behind the banded entrance path in a funnel like design and again the problem with that is a lot of these bands don't contact the outer ridge of the agate and uh, sometimes this distorted pattern doesn't reach the rind okay so that doesn't really explain it but there's another theory um, that the distortions are due to internal heat and pressures within the agate nodule itself once formed the agate is a closed system and any temperatures or pressure increases are trapped inside such heat and accompanying pressure do happen because silicon dioxide bands are made of millions of microcrystals of quartz estimated 30,000 to inch when silicon dioxide leaves the solution and crystallizes heat is released the heat of those millions of little crystals as they form quartz bands with increased heat there is an increased pressure in the closed system and the bands themselves are still plastic like and can react to that pressure the pressure can distort the still flexible bands as it pushes the bands toward the path of least resistance in some is instances it may reach the rind but often it does not and results in the odd funnel form so pretty cool and then there's all sorts of theories on the colors and things like that um, you can read about those in detail this is a, a nice article and there's a lot of information now we're not going to get into too much more scientific stuff but let's just talk about some of the different kinds of agate that are out there we know that uh, we see crystal uh, crystals silica crystals chalcedony uh, grainy stone agate sometimes very very shiny all these different kinds there's onyx agate which is a beautiful black onyx with little white bands uh, typically associated with it uh, beautiful 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 bands uh, very desirable since the times of antiquity now uh, some of these are called cave onyx or Mexican onyx um, then there is the um, shard chardon onyx agate which is uh, a little harder it has nice bands in it colored bands sh shades of red uh, brown and other colors typically not black but uh, different colors there's iris agate which we've seen has the rainbow sheen to it very beautiful delicate in its banding um, it's just it's not called iris because it looks like an eye but uh, because of the rainbow and uh, very very beautiful when you see it it does need light to really help it reflect and look the most beautiful there's crazy lace agate which has uh, patterns and sometimes uh, bitrudal um, developments in it this is also known as Mexican agate um, it's a banded chalcedony it's infused with aluminum usually and brightly colored with complex patterns creamy browns blacks grays golds occasionally pinks or reds 
very beautiful. The thunder egg, which uh, we've all seen from all over um, the southwest, um, thunder eggs are typically solid, but uh, if they have a hole in it, they can be like a geode, very beautiful. Um, a lot of times they're kind of a brownish or reddish or uh, kind of a whitish. They can have green hues, red hues, different hues, depending on what kind of uh, uh, minerals they have inside. But uh, they have the bandings and sometimes crystals inside and different shapes and formations. Sometimes they have layers and other patterns that are in them. Um, another type of agate is just uh, pretty much a, a, a plain, uh, it's inhydro agate. Inhydro agate is a nodule uh, or it could uh, be a geode where it had a, a cavity in it. Um, you typically found in volcanic areas like most all agates. Um, and there is the polyhedro agate which is kind of like a um, uh, like a fortification type agate typically it has uh, flat sides it's very similar to a polyhedron in its color scheme layers uh, of condensed polygons can be seen inside when cut from the middle it's found a lot in Brazil and uh, really beautiful if you want to check this out go to geologypage.com and look up uh, types of agate and this page will show up uh, moss agate which is usually really most desired when it has some clear and you can see the moss formations inside very very beautiful it can be green it can be brown it can be gold it can be all different colors lake superior agates there's another agate that uh, is very popular found on the shores of lake superior they're getting much much harder to find and going up in value all the time and uh, you can find that all over lake superior and our friend uh, Eric Rintemacki is out there uh, getting his euperites and also picking up uh, these beautiful Lake Superior agates when he can. The condor agate, this is a beautiful agate that was discovered about 1993 uh, when it was named. It was found in the San Rafael uh, region of Argentina and um, beautiful colored bands become very popular and uh, prices are going up, hard to get a hold of. Uh, as many of them as you used to, there's saginate agate. Now, saginated agate is beautiful. It has these uh, burst, almost sometimes can look like a, a clump of a plant, but sometimes uh, these can look like fireworks, all different colors. The saginite design that uh, uh, hair like um, burst, sometimes like stars, sometimes like clumps. Very, very beautiful. Fortified uh, agate, we talked about uh, where you have at least three. Uh, edges to make like a basic structure that's where the fortified uh, name fortification comes from beautiful beautiful fairborn agate uh, another agate that's found in south um, south dakota they're very rare they have beautiful banding um, kind of like the dry head agates if you've ever seen those they have red and white a lot of red and white bandings in them very beautiful uh, botswana agate agate is another uh, very popular agate they're very shiny um, they come in all different colors, greens, reds, browns, grays, um, very pretty with lots of layers. Uh, dendric agate has uh, these dendric uh, designs that look like plants, sometimes sea creatures or desert, or not sea creatures, sea plants or uh, desert plants, and can have beautiful scenes on them. Um, the Kaya, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this, C-O-Y-A-M-I-T-O, Co- Koyamito agate pseudomorph and these are just crazy um, if you can find any of these uh, look that up it's real beautiful it's C-O-Y-A-M-I-T-O 
It's a an agate and it's a pseudomorph and it has circles, different colors. It has um, what is uh, looking very much like a um, um, a saginite uh, design on the bottom, but <laughs> it's just got so much stuff going on it. But the saginite inside of it looks like a mossy agate. There's some crystals. There's banding. It's just it's crazy. It's crazy. So there's all kinds of beautiful rocks. Hey guys, I hope you got to enjoy some of our videos. I hope you enjoy some of our online opportunities for social and for education. Uh, I'll put it in the description radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com that's it remember rock hounds don't die they petrify